listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. I'm willing to let bygones be bygones. And if you agree, I think we can settle all this right now with a simple handshake. Where's the poppy? If I had to do it all over again... I would do some things differently. You drink one, drink two, drink three Long Island iced teas. But your buddy's worse off and he throws you his car keys. Blue lights are blinking four o'clock in the morning. State Trooper makes you wish that you'd never been born. Better call Saul, better call Saul. You want to tell the world you're in love with a girl named Fran? So you find an overpass and you say it with a spray paint can. Blue lights start a blink and those handcuffs click. You know who to call and you better call quick. Saul, Saul, you better call Saul. You fight for your rights when your back's to the wall. Stick it to the man, justice for all. You better call Saul. It's another episode of Better Talk Saul, Cinema Geekly's Better Call Saul podcast. It's Anthony Lewis and Glenn Beauvais. Hello, Glenn. What's up? Man, it is the last episode of season three. That is what is up. They ended on a high note. Boy, did they ever end on a high note. So I, uh, last week, I was musing that that last week's episode was not like the big finale episode that they tend to do the episode before last. I thought for sure we were going to get something a little bit bigger in this episode. And we, d- <laughs> we did. Uh, although they don't... Uh, this show isn't as in your face as other shows are about their big endings, but uh, it, it ended with an explosion. It it did more or less, yeah. Uh, it's a uh, it's a lot to pick apart in this one, so let's uh, let's get right to it, I guess. Uh, season three, episode ten, called Lantern, and lanterns play a big part in this episode. In fact, we start by seeing one in a flashback. We see young Chuck reading a story to young Jimmy under the light of a lantern, which boy, if uh, I just, I just love the way they, sometimes I don't get the, they did an episode a couple, uh, a couple back with a flashback that I, we were struggling to connect at least a little bit to the main story. No issues connecting the flashback in this episode. Um, It was kind of right in your face. You know what was really great about it? Hmm. Is when it started, I was like, oh, wow, this is weird. I need to turn my TV up. Yeah, yeah. So as you got closer to it, the volume picked up. Yes. So, like, I was starting off the episode. I'm, like, really engaged trying to to, to listen to what, what Chuck is, you know, reading to Jimmy. Yeah, I really just like that. Just like little kid Jimmy is to Chuck. Like, it was, uh, I was good. <laughs> that yep. was, that's, uh, that's how you manipulate an audience. <laughs> so Indeed. Uh, in the present, we've learned that Kim suffered a broken arm from her car accident and decides to take the opportunity to take a leave of absence from law practice. Jimmy, feeling partly responsible for Kim's situation, finally agrees to break their office lease and have Kim work out of their own home to save costs. Meanwhile, Chuck is forced out of HHM when Howard pays off his $8 million share out of his own pocket. Well, not quite at eight million dollars. He's paying him three million at a time, part of a three-part payment. 
Uh, Hector Salamanca arrives at Nacho's father's shop and attempts to bribe him for his loyalty. Under Nacho's urging, Nacho's father reluctantly accepts the bribe, but Hector remains suspicious of Nacho's father. I believe his name is Manuel. With no other choice, Nacho attempts to assassinate Hector, but is caught up in a meeting between Hector, Gus, and Bolsa. Bolsa reminds Hector that it is under Don Eladio's orders that all smuggling operations will be handled by Gus, which enrages Hector and triggers a heart attack, forcing him to be hospitalized. In the chaos, Nacho is able to switch Hector's fake medication back with his real pills, but Gus gives him a suspicious look. Uh, Jimmy, meanwhile, tries to make amends with Chuck, but Chuck coldly cuts ties with Jimmy. Jimmy then tries to mend relations between Irene and her friends, but is unable to, since Irene's friends remained suspicious of her. He finally resorts to accidentally, air quotes, admitting to his fraud in front of the ladies, uh, which both vindicates Irene and cancels the Sandpiper settlement. After forcing Jimmy away, Chuck's EHS symptoms begin to reemerge, and he becomes obsessed with disabling all the electronic devices in his home to the point of tearing walls apart to remove wiring. He eventually reaches a breaking point and intentionally knocks a gas lantern over, setting his house on fire while Chuck is presumably still inside. Uh, so, man, what did you think of the finale of Season 3? It was... Um... It was, I don't know if it was my favorite episode this season, mm-hmm. but it's definitely 1 and 1A one between this and the courtroom episode. Yeah. Um, what you say it's something? We've, we've had a lot of four and a halfs and four and, four three, and three quarters. So, uh, you know, it was just uh, yep. a lot of loose ends were tied up, mm-hmm. but, every, but it was still open enough to where you're, curious as to where everything is going to go yeah um but as you know we were talking beforehand uh if the show was canceled and this was the series finale um i feel like it would be really satisfying as one i hope it isn't i don't want it to be but if you watch the show, it ended and then went into Breaking Bad or vice versa. Like it really is just a good lead into Breaking Bad. There's still enough room to where, you know, you have those flashbacks in Breaking Bad that kind of bring these people fully fleshed. Um, so there's still room to explore the characters, but you have an idea of who they are. And it's also crazy that this episode was so good. And just like the other one with the courtroom, um, and though I think he was in it briefly, but there was no Mike in this episode. No, not even a little bit. Nope. Um, but it's just, uh, it's crazy that the guy who wrote and directed this episode is the same guy who wrote the screenplay to Double Dragon. Really? Um, oh, Peter Gould. Yeah. yeah. And the fact that the other co-creator of this show as someone who started off, you know, in X Files, you know, a fine, you know, show, fun, good show, uh, but also wrote, you know, other other hits such as Hancock and I think he wrote that one movie with Tim Allen as a superhero. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's it's just it's it's crazy, you know what happens with people when they're when they're allowed to explore and and do their own creativity instead of essentially being guns for hire. Yep, agreed. Um, I thought this episode was excellent. Um, to, for me, oh man, I love that courtroom episode so much. But I think this was my favorite episode. Uh, there, there's just so many things that this that this episode did. Uh, <laughs> it did a lot of things. It, yeah, it did a lot of forgiving. Mm-hmm. Um, like whenever uh, I'm just gonna start calling him Saul now. Yeah. Uh, but whenever Saul convinces Irene to, uh, or not convinces, but whenever he, you know, leaves the microphone on and gets the, the ladies to, to turn on him and not her. Yeah. Um, like that was, that was great. Like, again, it's, it's those little, those little hopes of humanity that you can, that you see in Chuck, yep. you know, and, or I mean, and, and, and Jimmy, and it's just like, you know, and what do they follow that up with? You know, it's it's his confrontation with Chuck, mm-hmm. and Chuck is just like, you know, Jimmy, you never really mattered that much to me, yeah. to be honest. And it was just like, oh, Chuck, like you could even tell Chuck was lying to himself. Oh yeah, yeah. He I mean, immediately it's spirals yeah. out of control. And the thing the show does the best of, there's no dialogue; you just see action, and it's just a constant panning of his house, and you're just seeing him just destroy it slowly but apart. surely. He'll go and the, look at the. He'll go and look at the the reader outside and, the and you see the meter the first time he goes out there and i know that you did see it moving but i was curious as to what the uh what this what the read actually was right i couldn't remember what 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 the number was yeah um so i wanted to actually go back to try and figure out what that what that part was yeah. what it actually said because i know it ends on 274 i was just wondering what it started at yeah i mean so he's yeah, he he's like running through the house, unplugging everything, but then the meter is still running. So he starts breaking through his walls and uh, is ripping wires out. And he's done this a bunch of times. He finally finds some more wires and rips them out. And then he goes and sees that the meter is still running and he just destroys the meter uh, at the end. Because there's, presumably there's juice somewhere uh, still and he's just can't take it anymore. I actually thought like uh, he'd like get arrested or something based off of that. I wasn't sure where it was leading, but I'm like clearly he's gone over the edge and something is going to happen. I wasn't exactly sure what that was going to be, but uh, you know, at the uh, at the end where he says that he's th- this sentence here where it says he eventually reaches a breaking point and intentionally knocks over a gas lantern. I mean, that's so not really covering what happened he was suicidal at that point. Oh yeah. He was just sitting there and he was just kicking it. He table. lost everything. Yeah. He, uh, well, <laughs> yeah. And this really, I mean, I think it really started with Chuck and, and Howard. Oh, I mean, I was going to talk about that because that actually might've been my favorite scene. Go ahead. Um, no, it's just with when Howard is fine, like, Chuck's going into it, explaining, you know, oh, there's a third option we can just shake, and Howard just, you know, clears the room, and he's just like, you know, Chuck, and you know, he goes into it, and you start thinking, oh, well, Howard's going to do the same thing. He's going to leverage the company against Chuck, and then when Chuck's just like, 
oh, you're paying me out of your own pocket. And he's like, yeah, I would never, I would never harm the firm. And it's just like, that's, it does a good job of, like, I feel like Howard, I, I never need to see him in the show again. Like after, after it's like, please just don't, like, I don't, I don't need any more Howard. Like his story is told. Um, yep. Cause he's not even really a foil, but he really is just like a catalyst for a lot of things. Yeah. And that's done. Like, I don't need, I don't need Howard anymore because the struggle with Chuck, even if Chuck isn't dead, like it's over with, with him and Jimmy, like it's done. Like, I don't need Jimmy. Jimmy doesn't need to go up there and try and get the money because, well, a, that's going back into, um, into litigation. So it's just, you know, it's not, I mean, it's, um, yeah. And they portray Howard. I mean, so Howard in that scene was basically just forcing Chuck to confront that he is selfish. Yeah. Confronting that Chuck is just like Jim. Yeah. Chuck is willing to put the firm in, in to chaos in order to get what he wants, even though from Chuck's perspective, he is, he doesn't really want to do it. He's hoping that Howard will just kowtow to him and shake his hand and this will all go away. But it's the fact that he's even willing to consider the possibility that the firm would be in trouble. And Howard is like, well, I'll just pay out of my own pocket because I would never do that to the firm. And that's when Chuck is confronted with it. And yeah, that's when the snowball starts rolling. I mean, Howard isn't meaning to, to start any snowballs rolling down hills. He's just being who he is, but... Uh, he's interacting with these other people who do have uh, issues, and it for them he's a catalyst. And he's always well, yeah. And he's but he's willing to let bygones be bygones, but he's not going to be like walked over. Yeah, like, that, that's like that's the thing that's like super intriguing about which, him is he he's really them... just pushing it to where he's yeah. trying to save his legacy. Like I completely understand it, but he's not. I also think when he's doing it, like he's thinking of the people who work there, like whatever he's saying at the house, the, the Chuck, like, yeah, you know, like I, you know, you're willing to harm the firm and it's just kind of like, you, you see it as like, he's trying to protect these people's jobs. Yeah. Like, uh, it, I mean that, so, so yeah, that leads, I mean, and so that leads to the scene with Jimmy where he hurt is trying to hurt Jimmy's feelings. But then everything kind of just starts spiraling out of control for him. And by the end, he is, in fact, suicidal. I'm positive. Uh, I mean, just him kicking that that lamp. And it's just like, I was sitting there with Robbie, and I was like, oh, God, he must have hit a gas leak. Yeah. Like, he he must have hit a gas line, and he just doesn't give a shit at this well, plus point. He's, yeah, plus he's got, I mean, the gas lantern was on top of a bunch of newspapers, and it looked like there was a bunch of of uh, insulation and stuff all over the mm-hmm. floor. And, um, you know, at that point he was just like, I've lost yeah. it mentally. My, I'm not know, me anymore. My, you know? yeah, my brother hates me. I don't have my law firm. He's lost everything. Now I know there's going to be people who are, I'm asking, glad that it didn't explode. Oh my God. How was nice. Oh. That it was just a little fire. Yeah. That you see. Well, I mean, it's probably not a little fire, but you just see a shot. Well, you know what I mean though? Yeah, and you see the fire starting to spread inside. The, the windows are getting brighter, and then they just stop the, the the episode. Now, I know there's going to be a lot of people who are watching this that watch a lot of other shows like I do, like you do, that I'm going to say maybe aren't... I mean, I, I could be 100% wrong about this, but 
I feel like a lot of people are going to watch this and think like, oh, well, they didn't show Chuck dying, so he's probably not dead. Whereas I, whereas I feel like knowing this show, the people who make this show, the writers, everything, Chuck's dead. They don't need to show him dying. We don't need to, like, this isn't The Walking Dead, where you need to see somebody dead before you believe that they're dead. Because this isn't a comic book show. This isn't a superhero show. This isn't one of those things where, um, you know, where there's a lot of second act, but not a lot of third act. I don't think they need to show Chuck being burnt to a crisp. I'm pretty sure Chuck is dead. I feel like that was Chuck's plan. I mean, maybe, you know, maybe they'll do something. I will actually be let down if they show a scene where he decides, oh, shit, what have I done? And gets up and runs out of the house. They might do that, but I'd be disappointed. I feel like this would be a fitting end well, to his character. It also doesn't even have character. to be Chuck being dead either. Like, he could still live and it possibly not have to see him again. Possibly. But, I mean, you know, we're talking about catalysts. I feel like they do a good job of when a character's story is over, they end it, you know? Yeah. As much as we love Mike, like they weren't, they weren't, we didn't need Mike to keep going on. Like Gus is dead. Like what's he there for? You know? I mean, this show only reinforced my love for that character. And then I remembered that Walt is the one who kills Mike. Yeah. And I'm like, but I like Walt too. It's like, they, they aren't afraid. They aren't afraid to get rid of those characters. And uh, I, I just feel like that is a fitting ending for for Chuck. Uh, that this is what happens now, uh, and mainly I'm I'm intent that he is dead. Uh, they, I mean, look, Michael McKeon, uh, a lot of the people on the show, they talked about this. Basically, they didn't confirm it, but the way Michael McKeon was talking, it basically sounded like he was not doing the show anymore outside of maybe like flashbacks or something. Um, so I, I'm pretty sure his character is dead. Uh, and that has me really, really, really fascinated to see what happens with the flash forwards with Gene, the Cinnabon manager. Um, because from the very first season, I don't know. I got this weird vibe that Gene, the Cinnabon manager hated his life. And I always got this vibe that he was going to kill himself or something. I don't know why, but I just feel like it would be a, a you know, a complete circle or something if we get something uh, close to that. I'm not sure if that's where they're heading. Quite frankly, I would be happy if Gene, the Cinnabon manager, is married to, uh, you know, Jill, the the attorney at law, and Jill is really just Kim. Uh, like I would just be happy if they like started a new life together. Oh so, yeah, that was like something I was talking to my friends about this weekend. Was like, there's two sides. Like seeing seeing Saul really just get his comeuppance the correct way, or or the really sappy side of me that's like, some kid moved to Omaha and the yeah. show just ends with him looking at her in a mall. Like if that's if that's the end, that's fine. Yeah, like I can live with that. But, but I'm 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 pretty sure Chuck show is. is better than the sappiness. Yeah, I mean I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure Chuck is gone. Um, I mean he's you know he he's he's not getting the comic book villain death that Gus Fring got, but Gus Fring is a comic book villain essentially. Uh, and I I don't know I just feel like you know it was handled perfectly. I, I'd be I'd be happy if that's how his character 
left. Like if we never see him again outside of, uh, outside of uh, flashbacks and like a funeral scene where we actually don't see him, but there's like a, uh, a funeral scene or something along those lines. Uh, I'd be uh, perfectly happy if that's how things end because it ends on oh, such yeah. a, it ends on such a downer. Like, um, you know, we don't really need to see Howard again, but, um, you know, this would obviously have some sort of effect on Howard. He would think that this is his fault. Jimmy, uh, would be carrying with him the notion that the last time he saw his brother, they fought and he was cruel to him. Uh, you know, and then he takes his own life. Uh, well, Jimmy wasn't cruel to... Oh, no, 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 but, like, uh, you know, he tried to patch His dying up. thought of Chuck was that he hated his brother. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Jimmy could blame himself for not seeing the signs or something. Uh, or maybe he feels like he it's his fault for pushing Chuck this far because he wanted some things for himself that Chuck didn't want him to have, and he went out of his way to make shit miserable for Chuck so he could get them. Uh, you know, like I, I feel like it's just, it's, there's too many good ways you could take his death for it to, for it to not be his, uh, his death. But yeah, so that, that's great. Uh, we're kind of undercutting the whole great, uh, bit where Hector Salamanca and Gus. Well, uh, I was going to say is, went is off. uh, when Hector falls to the ground and, Gus, you know, is doing CPR and whatnot. Yeah. But he knows that Nacho picked up the pills. And, like, he just kind of gives him that look like, like, I know what you did. Yes. You know, which, you know, we've talked about that before. Like, Gus yeah. just kind of, the way he looks at Nacho, it's just kind of like, like, he he feels like something's up. Like, he can always tell, like, there's, there's yes. an uneasiness Although, that Nacho has with Salamanca. Although Gus and Nacho are essentially on the same side, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Gus doesn't want anyone to know that, which is why he goes and gives him CPR, and he's like, call 911, because he doesn't want to give any... You know, like, if they were in a room alone together, he'd just let them die. Oh, yeah. he just look at them. Yeah, but because there are other people around, and Bolsa was there, and members of Salamanca's crew. Um, but yeah, the, that whole scene was really good. It's actually amazing to me. I've seen... Uh, I watched a little bit of the Hardwick Talking Heads show uh, that they did after this episode, and they had uh, the actor who played uh, Howard and the uh, actor who played Nacho on the show, and it just hit me all of a sudden that these are two guys who are on the same show, but they never, ever have scenes with each other. In fact, they're almost in completely separate worlds from one another, mm -hmm. even though they're on the same show. And I just forgot about that for a little bit, that sometimes... Uh, this show sort of takes place in two different worlds, but I think that's probably because of Jimmy, because he's sort of straddling between the oh, yeah. legitimate and the illegitimate. Hey, so. hey, hey, hey. Boomers agrees. Hey, Boomers agrees with me. That's okay. I agree as well. Um, yeah, so uh, this is... We got more of Kim and Jimmy's relationship stuff, which is always just... I mean, they could just show them doing relationshipy stuff forever. Just them talking about like what movie they were gonna watch that night. Uh, just everything about like how oh, they handled it. She's talking about Atticus Finch, and he mm -hmm. like, "Did you want to be that?" And he's like, "Ah, oh, that was more of a more of a thing. thing." Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and he's like, "You know, but you're you're kind of like him, right? Changing the world." And she's like, "Yeah, for like helping a mid sized bank become a, <laughs> a, mid -sized a mid regional bank. a local a mid local bank become a mid mid tier regional, regional bank." Yeah. <laughs> 
um, yeah, I just like how she was sort of rethinking it, recharging her batteries, and went to a blockbuster. Oh, I know. I, that was the best. And she just was picking up... God, how movies. expensive it must have been to put that wallpaper up. <laughs> blockbuster. So they're like, hey, we want to... Uh, we want to recreate a blockbuster, and they're like, "Okay, five million dollars to use our logo, please." <laughs> they're just like any opportunity to make some money. Honey, uh, we're starting back up. Blockbusters <laughs> back in the game. <laughs> <laughs> we'll start that streaming service. Nobody gave us a chance before, but I'm sure they will now. Uh, yeah, that was that was cool to see that. Uh, yeah, this this just I mean, outside of there not being any mic in it, this episode basically had everything. And to be perfectly honest, this didn't really need Mike in it. No, it didn't. Because uh, right now all he's doing is working on getting his money laundered. Uh, and, and that's about it. Like, he's not really up to any other shenanigans at the moment. Uh, he hasn't officially really started working with Gus yet in the capacity that he event, you know, that we know he will. So, yeah, there was really no need for him in this episode. And I, I, that's another thing I like about this show. Like, Mike's a big character that a lot of people love. But, yeah, and this is the season finale. A lot of shows will try to cram everybody into the season finale as much as they can. Uh, but not this show. They're just like, well, we, he's not really doing much right now. We don't need him, so he's just not in the episode. Uh, and I just love that that's, a, that that's a thing that they do here. So, yeah, this uh, I couldn't be happier with uh, this episode. And, yeah, like you said, this could technically act. I feel like they have closed up enough. They have brought us to a certain point where this could be an acting series finale. It's not going to be. I'm positive there's going to be a fourth season. Um, Because this show is doing like, you know, two and three, you know, usually around the two million dollar, two million viewer mark. Uh, It's fluctuating, which AMC is relatively happy with. Um, So yeah, they're going to, this show is going to be continuing uh, for at least another season, but maybe maybe a fifth I don't know how close they want to bring us to the Breaking Bad timeline, I suppose, but uh, we're gonna—it's going to be continuing for at least uh, another season. But this this could have acted as a series finale. I, I think uh, you're correct in uh, in that assumption, but I'm pretty sure we're going to get another one, so we're going to see all of the fallout uh, before we uh, move on to any final thoughts and scores. A quick cheap plug for Fandango. Uh, I wish there were some better movies out right now for me to suggest. But uh, if you haven't seen Wonder Woman, obviously go do it. But I'm pretty sure everybody has by now. Uh, If you've got kids, this is a pretty good time, I guess. I don't know if those Transformers movies have gotten any kid-friendlier, Glenn. You tell me. You've actually seen them all. Have they gotten any kid-friendlier since the third one? No, I wouldn't say so. Okay. Uh, well, Cars 3 is out in theaters, and opening up in eight days is Despicable Me 3, which has those minions in it. So, I, Glenn, in fact, weren't you predicting that this was going to do, could possibly be the biggest summer movie? Yep. Uh, I mean, we shall find out. It's That's full of I fucking think. minions. I think it's going to be the biggest. Gru and his uh, brother, Stu, I'm guessing? I don't know. Uh, are barely. I mean, they're on the poster. It's Drew and Gru. Is Gru it, is, yeah. Gru's Gru's the one that you know from the others. Yes, and Drew. And then is Drew the, is the blonde one. Yes. Now the movie I think is supposed to be about them, but the trailers is like 
90% minions, so they know where their bread is buttered. Yeah. Uh, you can... I mean, I want to see it because I'm really interested in the fact that Trey Parker's the bad guy. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, cool. I didn't know that. I'm just kind of uh, like, how is the guy who's like never done anything besides his own stuff, how did he agree to this besides money? Right. Oh, and maybe it was money. Uh, so, look, if you've got, like, a kid uh, tugging at the, the bottom of your shirt right now, wanting to go see Despicable Me 3 or Cars 3, uh, the best way to get your tickets is through Fandango, and the best way to get your Fandango tickets is by going to cinemageekly.com slash Fandango or going to cinemageekly.com and clicking the Fandango link at the top of the page, and you can use that to order your tickets uh, to your local movie theater uh, and, of course, you're, you'd be pre-ordering your Despicable Me 3 tickets. Uh, and you can also use that link to uh, purchase gift cards uh, if anybody's got a, a birthday or an anniversary coming up. Uh, I've noticed some people have been picking up the gift cards. Uh, I did not get one, unfortunately, for Father's Day. But, you know, whatever. Maybe There's always my birthday in December. Um, so, wink, wink, nudge, nudge to everybody out there. Oh, and you can also... Uh, pre-order your there are some other movies you can pre-order your tickets for baby driver the new edgar wright movie which uh i'm interested in seeing and you can pre-order your tickets for spider-man homecoming as well all that stuff is available for pre-order right now through fandango so glenn any final thoughts on the finale and if not what would you uh rate lantern yeah well a couple of things okay something i sent to you in a thread to talk about um but the uh, the Kim and Jimmy stuff, mm-hmm. like when she's like, oh, I'm not going to, you're not going to feed me. Like there's lines, you know, we're not going to cross. Like you're not going to feed me, Jimmy. Yeah. But just like when he goes to her in the hospital and, you know, he can see how worried he is about her. But it's just like, you know, nothing is really said. She's just like, I know. Like I pushed myself too hard. We shouldn't do it. Blah, blah, blah. Like. And then whenever he's planning for the office to be there, and it's kind of like, well, do you got to, you know, the other things we need to talk about, like things that are, that could just be mundane, but because they make the relationship seem so real. Mm hmm. Yeah. Um, it's just, it, it's a credit to how good of an actor, like how good the actors are and how good the writing is. I feel like there's like when like he puts zero his hand cheesy. on her and she yeah. just kisses him on the hand mm-hmm. and she actually kisses him, I think on the lips in this episode too. Yep. And it's just kind of like, you know, you don't see that a lot. So whenever you do see it, like it's really special, mm-hmm. you know, they're always like holding hands or, you know, like lounging around in the house and stuff like that. But it's just yeah. like, you don't ever see them be like really romantic towards each other so that when you see it, it's like, it's really yeah. important. Yeah. I mean, it's, on top of that, there's like no cheesy love dialogue between them. There's no, will they, won't they? Yeah. There's, there's really none of that stuff. It just feels like two real people in a real relationship. I've always said that I've never really watched anything that sex has ever pushed the story. Like, to me, it's always just been like, oh, it's just an excuse for us to see see this person naked. Yeah, yeah, it's like Um, a titillation, or it's for, you know, get girls in to see a hot guy, or get guys in to see a hot girl, or, 
gives you some, you know, it pads out the episode a little bit or pads out the movie a little bit. Spices it up a little bit. Sure, sure, sure. This might be, if they did a sex scene between Kim and Jimmy, Mm -hmm. I will say might be the only time I've ever watched something where I will say sex definitely moved the story. Mm -hmm. Well, because they would probably think of a way to do it. Yeah. Because they're so conservative with what they, you know, with how they treat the relationship that if they, you know, they did it, they'd be doing it for a story reason, which is why we don't get anything like that. Because they don't have anything in mind for them where a sex scene would actually advance a story in any I mean, it's just like leaving Mike out. Like, everything is in the purpose of the story. Yeah, yeah. Everything, they are serving the story. Yeah, they're not trying to serve anything else other than that, so... Um, which is which I appreciate. I mean, look, that doesn't have to be every show, but um, you know, I appreciate it. So yeah, I know I saw that you wanted to uh, do a thing where we we kind of uh, rank this with other spinoffs uh, that have occurred. The thing is, I'm not even sure if that's even a fair fight. To be honest with you, I uh, this is like one of the better shows on TV. Period, regardless of whether it's a spinoff or not, but. Uh, I mean, you've you know, got Frasier. Yeah, I, I would say I would say my so there are some people that claim that um, any Star Trek show is like a spinoff from the original Star Trek, which I don't necessarily buy. I, for me, a spinoff has to be you take characters from a show and then you make a new show about those characters. And you know they didn't do that with Star Trek. They didn't make a new show about Sulu or a new show about Uhura. They did a show within the same universe. Like that would be instead of making. Well, it's like Walking Dead. Like is for the Walking Dead really? Uh, do they have any characters that cross over? No, Fear the Walking Dead is a straight prequel. It's I know people probably consider it a spinoff because it's a show that exists within the Walking Dead universe. So they're they're considering that the show was spun off from that original show, but to me, a spinoff like a traditional or real spinoff is when you take you know uh, you know like Happy Days had shows spun off from that because they took characters from within Happy Mark Days, and right, and gave them their own show. Uh, Frasier Crane was a character on Cheers, and they spun him off and gave him his own show. Uh, they're doing it with Supernatural. There are uh, these girl hunters on Supernatural. They're getting at least a shot to pilot their own show. Buffy and Angel. Yeah, yeah. Those are spinoffs from... Those are characters that are spun off from shows that existed on other shows. So I'm not going to... Like, otherwise I'd be like, oh, well, Star Trek Deep Space Nine is the greatest spinoff of all time, I suppose, because it's my favorite television show. But I don't really consider it a spinoff from if anything it's a spin-off from Star Trek the Next Generation because it actually does feature characters from that show but the show isn't about just those characters so I don't really consider it a spin-off like I wouldn't consider a uh, Frasier a spin-off if it didn't contain any characters from Cheers it just exists in a in a universe where Cheers also exists yeah I don't consider that the same type of spin-off I mean there's some people who will I don't so for me, like, before I saw this show, the high bar would be Frasier, because I like Frasier a lot. It's a, I think it's a really good show. Um, but 
you know, to like for me, like where would this this show rank amongst them? This is like number one for me. But uh, I don't know. How do you? How, where do you feel with? Uh, it depends on how you define them, right? So yeah, I mean, if, if you're gonna open it up, I mean, granted, I wouldn't say any of these, but like the CSI shows, the NCIS shows, um, they show up, but they're not like direct spinoffs or anything. No, no one jumps ship and goes to it. There's very few of those. And I guess there's, like, Joey, which is terrible. Uh, Most of them are bad, which is why I kind of bring it up. So, like, when you say, like, the ones that are good, you kind of forget that they would be a spinoff. Like, Frasier, like, Frasier works in and of itself. It just happens to have come from Cheers. Like, that's kind of the thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I probably didn't know that Frasier was spun off of Cheers until I was, like, in high school. I never... I never knew it. Um, Mostly because when I watched Cheers, I never got to the part where Frasier shows up. Um, (laughs) But, uh, so yeah, I mean, it's, or you could just broaden out, like, you know, we always say this is a golden age of television. Like, Mm -hmm. I will say it's definitely the best thing I've watched recently. Yeah, uh, is this show? But I also, you know, I haven't watched Westworld. Uh, you know, I haven't watched um, like Game of Thrones or any of the other like high tiered, beloved, yeah. well received television shows. Yeah, but I also like to me, it's like something like this show. The reason why I like it is it feels really intimate, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying again I haven't watched them. I don't know if you get that type of intimacy that you would from a Game of Thrones or a no, no, um, or even a Westworld. Like to me, this is like this is like what Mad Men could have been. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mad Men was still a really good. Yeah, show. Mad Men was really good. It was just the you know it, it's a show like like it's small in scale, but it's it's ginormous in scope. Like. Yes. The themes that that the show deals with with characters, like it's no different than than pitting people against each other in in a fantasy world. It's just these happen to be people in a in a more contemporary setting. Like I would say, the themes in Better Call Saul probably aren't that much different than than Game of Thrones. Probably in a lot of ways, and the things that I know that happen in Game of Thrones, like it's constant a constant struggle of who's whose gray happens to be lighter at the moment. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it's just, you know, it, it's uh, it's very Shakespearean. Like it's, it's very classic in its themes, but it's so, so modern and so contemporary in how the characters are, uh, are handled and addressed mm-hmm. that it, that's really why I find it so fascinating. Yep. Like, yeah, it's, it's just the... bonuses that I know things about Gus. Like, if I didn't know anything about Gus, I would still think he's an interesting person. I would be super confused as to, like, what this guy is because I, I yes. don't have any any backstory to him. But you would he would still be really fascinating. He's this super nice guy that's running a criminal organization out of, out of a fucking chicken store. Like, it's, yeah. uh, like, those are still things, even if you hadn't watched Breaking Bad, that are, like, really fascinating. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's just... Um... 
I'm just uh, all. I guess all I can hope for is that he's not going to Vince Gilligan isn't going to take too long of a break in between creating his next thing because I presume after he's done with this, he's wiped his hands with this particular universe, um, and he's going to move on to something else. But if you and know, I'm very I, curious as to what that other thing could be. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure what direction he's going to go in, but. You know, I actually I'd really like. I mean, because I know he did Hancock, uh, but I feel like that was more of a writer for hire type thing. I'd actually be really curious to see what he would do with like a, a superhero show, like what he would do with that if he's given like his his free reign to to make it how he wants to make it. Because I, I feel like we've. I mean, you know, he he obviously he did a lot of work on X Files and stuff too, and that was a great show. Uh, but he was really able to let loose with Breaking Bad and now with this show. And it's just astonishing to me how good he is when it comes to uh, putting together something that just feels... Well, not even that. Him. Like, you know, to try... And the reason why you can give him all the credit is, like, even the writing staff he had to have put together. Like, it's just, man, like finding talent that gives it to where when you watch a show it has a singular voice and direction like Mm -hmm. that's incredible like you can like shows like you can always tell if there's a new showrunner or if you hear there's a new showrunner like you can always tell or when the when the when the creator drops out like uh like jj abrams you know pretty heavily involved the first season but you can definitely tell like where the show veers and lost whenever he's not involved with it as much. Like when his oh, yeah. name is essentially just on it and getting money. Um, like that's, that's kind of the thing is, I, I don't know. Like I don't want him to do a superhero thing in the same way that I don't want Aaron Sorkin to do it. I'm fascinated by the idea, but it's like, they're You're so worried. <laughs> they're so good at what they do that I don't, I don't need them doing something like that to get money. I want, I want to, I want to see the next original thing Aaron Sorkin's gonna do. I want to see the next yeah. original thing Vince Gilligan do. It'd be like if Mike Judge went straight into something like that. Like I don't, I don't want him taking over an animated property. Like I want to see the next right. next thing Mike Judge has up his sleeve. Oh well, King I mean, Hill, King of the Hill, fantastic spinoff off of uh, Beavis and Butthead. Daria, oh, yeah, pretty yeah. good spinoff of Beavis and Butthead. Sorry, does that te- does that technically count as a spinoff? Yes. Does it? I mean, Daria does, but I would say King of the Hill should count. I mean, because it's kind of that character. In like a lot of ways, I think it's that character, but in yeah, a lot I mean, of other ways, I, th- I mean, he doesn't look. I mean, he does and doesn't look like him. And the guy's also yeah. much. I think they said like. He's supposed to be Hank Hill, like retired, like old Hank Hill. Oh, so like King of the Hills, like a prequel? <laughs> yeah, in a way. I mean, it doesn't work anywhere in timeline or whatever. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know what? If that's how he wants to explain it, I'm fine with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> me too. Um, yeah. So yeah, this is this is a really good show, and everybody should watch it. I know well, not enough people are, but it's, it sucks. Is people who are probably listening to this are ones people who watch the show, and it's like, oh yeah, we don't need to convince people listening yeah, to this. We need to go. It's on the chopping block. I, I really wish it wouldn't be. I don't know. I mean, AMC pushed Mad Men through, and it had about the same amount of ratings. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm positive they're going to get to be able to see this through to the end. I don't think there's going to be. 
too many issues with that. So it can't um, be that expensive to make. No, I mean, especially since they shoot it basically all in the same area. Yeah, and it's not like they're going to really expansive, fancy locations. I mean, everything tries to feel as you know plain as. And yeah, I mean, they went to a restaurant. They use cups that we sell at Sam's Club. So <laughs> <laughs> it's not. <laughs> yeah, they're not going all out for. They're not going all out for this. So. Uh, but that's, you know, that's what helps make it feel so real when they do it. So, I don't know. Oh, uh, what would you give Lantern then, Glenn? How would you I, I just, I mean, we're just going to go right to it. I'm, I'm curious. We probably gave this show like three fives this season, and there's mm-hmm. ten episodes. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to say five. Like, it was... It was everything you would want it to be, If and if it was over, it'd be fine. I mean, that's kind of like my thing is like, it, it works as a season finale and it works as a series finale. Yep. And that's super impressive. <laughs> yeah. You don't get to that. That does not happen. very Usually often like, with yeah, show. there's a cliffhanger at the end of this, but it's like, I don't know. It's not like a huge one. It's, it's kind of like to me, like the season two finale at Hannibal, like, yes, it kind of ends in a cliffhanger, but it's like, you know, if you know the story, like, you know where it's going to go. Like, you don't really need to see anymore. It's great that you got to, but, like, you don't mm-hmm. need to. Agreed. Uh, I gave this a five as well. Uh, this was awesome. And while it does leave on a – it does end on a It better win some Emmys this year. I'm going to be really pissed right? if it doesn't. It, I mean, look, so this does I mean, end I get on a it. cliffhanger. I mean, I get Game of Thrones is the big thing. And, oh, we're so yes. glad that these genre things win – are getting Game awards Th- now, but like Game of Thrones is almost over, so they're gonna try to pile on some awards before the show is done. Um, there's a, I mean, this is the problem though in the golden age of television, when there are so many good TV properties out there, and uh, with Netflix emerging, there's a, a bunch of stuff is coming from there. Stuff like Stranger Things, uh, and Orange is the New Black, and like all of this stuff, uh, House of Cards. Uh, like all of these, all of these shows that are churning out great episodes and great performances, and then you've got you know stuff like Better Call Saul and Westworld, and or even uh, like Handmaid's Tale, which I hear is like incredible. Yeah, yeah. There's just just tons, too much, too much good stuff on television. I mean, I'm really mad if Michael McKean doesn't win Best Supporting Actor. He was he was really great. This he was season. so good. Um, yeah. So this this ends on a cliffhanger, but it's. To me, it's the cliffhanger of, like, how does everybody react? It's not like, do we find out if Chuck is dead? Because, like I said, I'm almost positive he is. I feel like I know this show, and I know the people behind it enough, or at least how they do their, how they write their stuff. That... Well, it's like, even if you want to come to your own conclusions, like, you can mm-hmm. piece it together in a way. Be like, oh, maybe sure. he changes his name to Saul because of the tarnished name of Chuck and being this lawyer, like because of Chuck's fall from grace mm-hmm. in a weird way, it's going to bring Jimmy's, you know, name down. And the fact of like the yeah. way he treated all these old people, like, you know, he needs to change his name and it could be even something just as mundane and, and kind of offensive as like, Oh, I just changed it to Saul. They might remember my face, but at the same time it's like, well, they're old, you know, they might not yeah, be able yeah. to piece it together. Like there's, there's a way, a certain level of snarkiness, to explain mm-hmm. things in your head because of how well they did developing the characters. Right. And if, and if Chuck is gone, um, you know, he doesn't have anything left. You know, there aren't any other McGills. He's he's just, you know... So detaching from that name might not be as difficult if he doesn't have a brother 
who would be like, no, that's not Saul Goodman. That's my brother, Jimmy McGill. But there is no, you know, there is no, presumably there would be no brother left. Although presumably there would be other people. So I don't know. Like, I don't know where Howard is to be like, that's not Saul. His name is, you know, Jimmy McGill or whatever. So I don't know. There are, there are, there are a few loose ends where, cause he does continue practicing law essentially in that area. Right. Although shadily, but he does, he does promote himself on television. Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm, although his, his law license or his law revocation would be up by then cause it was only suspended for a year, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Maybe they'll do a, maybe they'll do a, you know, a, a time cut, you know, maybe it'll, you know, by the start of the next season, it'll be a year has passed. His thing is up. Uh, maybe that's where they'll, they'll start things, but you know, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I'm pretty sure the show is coming yeah, back. I don't need to see season. any more of the, the, the struggle. I could, I want to get right. back into him having to build a practice. Yeah. Um, so the season is over, but I'm pretty sure there's going to be a fourth season. Everybody seems pretty confident of it. The showrunners seem pretty confident. Um, so I'm pretty confident. Uh, but we'll, we'll, I guess we'll keep everybody aware. If for some reason something happens and they're like, oh, we're canceling Saul, uh, Glenn and I will come back and do another podcast to be like, uh, to do like a retrospective on the show, but. Uh, I'm pretty sure we're going to get a fourth season. I don't think anything's been officially confirmed yet, but ratings are good enough. I think AMC is behind this, uh, and I don't think it's too expensive to make. So, yeah, Sony, you're going to make all your money in Spider-Man yeah. at home. I mean, anyway, so whatever. And, and besides, like this will be the Breaking Bad syndrome where it gets down to its last couple of seasons, and then and the word of mouth spreads to the point where everybody starts binge watching it on Netflix. Well, I mean, and, you know, the thing is, I had a lot of people who didn't want to watch it because they're like, I don't know, you know, I watched a couple episodes. It felt like it wanted to be Breaking Bad, but it wasn't. I think yeah. enough since enough time has come, and like I've had a lot of people who didn't watch it, and they watched the first two seasons in like a month, you know, to get mm-hmm. caught up for the new season coming up. Like I feel like yeah. that's, I feel like once those kinds of numbers come in, then then you'll be like okay there is an audience it's it's coming back it's just we had to win them over and how we win them over is making three of three amazing seasons so yeah <laughs> you know uh well so it's time to put this guy to bed glenn and i will return oh it's only like two o'clock so probably uh next um march or april let's say uh, this show, this season uh. started. This season started later than the other seasons. By the way, season one premiered uh, in early February. Season two premiered in mid February, and season three premiered in almost mid March or mid April. I mean, so the other shows definitely started earlier. Uh, it'll start up Memorial Day weekend. So, well, it'll be around March or April, probably of next year. Uh, if Cinema Geekly is still around then, Glenn and I will return <laughs> to talk some more Better Call Saul Season 4. You get to the bank, but the cops say, whoa, who are you going to die when they lock you down? Oh, Saul, Saul, you better call Saul. He'll fight for your rights when you're back.